Oh, hell yeah. Guess what? What? No. Welcome to Fermented Fiction! Hey, what up? What up? Welcome what up? to Fermented Fiction. We are live right now. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Colin? Okay. Sure, I heard that too, yeah. Hey, what's up, humans? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fermented Fiction, your podcast for all things genre fiction. Uh, what? Let's get right into it today. So, Travis is not going to be joining us. Uh, what? Because mm. of an epic reason. Uh, Jeremy, what was the reason? Uh, he sent me an email. I think it just said uh, to find the real killer, whatever that means. Uh, I don't know. All right. So whoever the killer was out there, they're not real. That ain't a killer. Yeah. Travis is on the case, though. Yeah, he's he's going to track down the real killer. He's got red yarn, he bulletin boarded. I guarantee he's got a bulletin Man, board. I want to see I guarantee I really he's got the, the red yarn. And <laughs> I guarantee that yarn is connecting some pins on a map. Oh, yeah. And that map is going to lead him to the real How killer. else do you solve yeah. a crime? I don't think there's another way. I... If you've ever seen it done another way... You know, feel free to correct me. Internet, go ahead. I've never me. solved crimes differently in my life. But, uh, yeah, I've watched enough things. I'm pretty positive that, that the main way, the main way is to go ahead and, and put up one of them boards yeah. and get to work. <laughs> yeah. Get to the real world. I mean, what are you doing if you don't do that? Absolutely. Drugs. You can't solve a case without that. No. And there's a lot, you know, whenever you watch a crime show, a crime movie, uh, there's a lot they don't show you. They don't show you. How long it takes to put up that bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> they don't show you how long yeah. it takes. To the yarn pulls out the tacks. Yeah. Yeah, you, put, you have to get the right size tacks and yarn. You create That's right. a little That's right. legend so that you know what the things are. You have to like... And you print. need it first, not later. That's true. And you have to print pictures of people and you have to put them up. Yeah. In, in a Didn't the wire struggle with that? Order. I vaguely remember in the wire they like... It was had to print out the photos and it like took time and shit. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. I hope the wire struggled with it. Yeah. Um, the the wire was about struggle in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, but today we're going to talk about another story about a certain well about a lot of types of struggle, um, and that story is the cyberpunk classic from Neil Stevenson, Snow Crash. Um, subbing in for Travis today. We got our boy Colin over here. Who suggested this story in the well, first place? I mean, it's a real struggle because I know that it's Travis's favorite book of all time. So. Travis absolutely loved if this If only book. that crime I... didn't happen. Yeah, if only <sighs> you could tell us here how much he loves the book. Yeah. Uh, he would. Whoever was killed isn't even the real victim of this crime. <laughs> it's Travis because because of that killer who he now has to find. He doesn't get to talk about his favorite book of all time. Sorry about it, Travis. We're going to move on, though, because we need to get to this thing. Let's do it. There's some D20s over here. We're going to roll some D20s. we got them right here. Colin, you want to take a crack since it's your first time in the hot seat at explaining why we roll these D20s and what the hell we're even doing up in here? I think Jeremy should explain it. No, you should explain it. Yeah, it's like, it's your deal. Jeremy will do it next time. Yeah, it'll be so good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain like ain't nobody's business. So it's we called, uh, forced entrollment, this segment. Forced entrollment. We roll these D20s, take our chance with the Lord of Chance, and see who gets the higher roll, which then determines what they choose for a defense 
or a prosecution mm -hmm. of said topic Indeed. of the night. So if we roll the high roll, we are stuck as Colin said, the prosecuting roll. Or I uh, know the defense roll, sorry. High roll defense, low roll attacks, regardless of our actual feelings. Well. So uh the Lord of Chance will decide. Um, before we get into force entrollment, though, I did skip a segment. Colin, since you're in the hot seat, oh my god! Do you want to tell a little life update? You got something cool going on in your life right now? Life update. Let's see. I uh, have been working on a book, a sci-fi novel, oh. for a long time. I've worked on a couple, but this one is definitely going to be the one that I finish. All right. And it's not just talk. I'm definitely over fifty thousand words, so. Oh, hell yeah. We're closing in. You're uh, far past the no-fall zone at that point. You have to finish it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah my wife reminds me. <laughs> Good. Hey, congratulations, man. It's a big deal to get past the that uh, that level of the book. Yeah. Of course, I've definitely written over 100,000 words, but a lot of that got cut. <laughs> hmm. Right on. We, we will it talk happens. about that some more uh, at another point. But uh, congratulations on, on getting that far in your novel. Did you uh, do nano? Was that a nano thing? Uh, I, I basically try and do like 300 words a day, you know, which is not nano numbers. <laughs> no, no. But uh, I mean, basically not this November, but the previous one, I was definitely working on it. Nice. And I pushed through. It, it only took me, you know, a year. <laughs> Yeah. My NaNoWriMo is all year, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, that way it is. Nano <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter as long as you get there. It really doesn't, as long as you get there. <laughs> um, I have sort of a similar life update, life update I guess. Uh, I've got the rough draft for both of the next two novels in the Crevasse series uh, drafted right now. Two? Well, Sick. not novels. Trilogy? Novellas, I should say, yeah. I was originally going to write uh, just two of them, and I was going to do a full-length novel and a novella. Crevasse is obviously a novella. Um, but I decided there's just the way it came out. It split, like, right down the middle really well. So I was uh, like, why not just keep them all three short and digestible? Because people like that about Crevasse, actually. And it's kind of a nice entry point for a new author to have, like, an easy-to-read easy to buy kind of yeah book, you know uh, yeah so yeah i'm gonna make it a, a three novella trilogy situation cool uh, get that gift box yeah three. get that bundle baby <laughs> bundle. Bundle. <laughs> so uh, that's for anybody who might read my stuff crevasse uh has two books two more books coming in the series um i will not talk about when but they do exist officially so that's really exciting sick Okay, before we roll. Okay. Turn this. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't mind us. Uh. Just being extremely professional. <laughs> All right. Force entrollment. Here's my D20. Colin's guy is. We're going to roll these puppies. Oh. Three, two, one. Ooh. Right. Oh, snap. I beat him. All right, 11 that's to 15. A 15 on the deck. 15. 11, yeah, that's not going to do it. So Damn. I have to argue against Snow Crash, regardless of my true feelings. And I'm going to leave you to it. And Colin gets to... I know, you get the whole thing to yourself. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, the... get right in between both microphones. You'll, you'll be Whoa. like... <laughs> perfectly kicked field goal right now. We're going to have you wow. in stereo. Wow. We... 
All right. Uh, the defender always goes first. All right. And we are going in three, two, one. Bam. So the, uh, you know, I, I believe the crime, the only crime committed here, Your Honor, is the crime of awesome. And, uh, I mean, what can you say? Obviously, Snow Crash is objectively awesome. And, uh, sure, it committed the crime of awesomeness. Uh, it only influenced all other cyberpunk novels that followed. It only is considered one of the top novels in science fiction ever written in the 20th century. It's only considered, well, like top 100. Uh, it's only considered, I mean, you could go on and on. It's definitely usually within the same breath of the whole genre of uh, cyberpunk. There is Neuromancer and Snow Crash, this book. So what more do you want? It basically, it came later in the genre than uh, than Neuromancer, but it would tie together everything and made a huge dent. And the term metaverse, which are, you know, Zuckerberg, other in space, he also, uh, you know, space. he stole that directly from uh, this book. This book it coined uh, the term metaverse and everything about it. And uh, that was way back before basically most people had internet and it was completely different than what we're used to. Certainly no VR. Um, and there's a million other things about it, like just the VR portion of the novel, which is, I don't know, maybe a third of it, if that is, it was hugely influential. But then the other portions on so many other things like uh, breaking up the United States into different franchises. And it's like this battle of future corporations that own the world, you know, and sort of playing with stereotypes and uh, and then super deep dive into archaeology and linguistics and all that stuff. That's all added on. That's, uh, you know, classic Neil Stevenson style. And somehow it all ties together. Somehow he gets all these crazy things together. There's something for smart people. There's something for dumb people. There's something for everybody. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, it does all tie together. Uh, it's less of a somehow and more of a just three quarters of the way through the book. He has his main character do a massive exposition dump <laughs> on top of us. Um, and until that point in the novel, you're kind of like, what's going on exactly? Um, that's kind of how I felt through most of Snow Crash, and that's what I didn't like about it. I think it has some really awesome concepts, but I think it was a bit too grandiose uh, to be realized in prose, honestly. It, it kind of it not meanders, it more like battering rams its way through <laughs> its own plot for like the majority of the novel. You know, because it's Neil Stevenson, if you've read anything else he's written, you know it's extremely intelligent, you know it's scientifically based, and you know it's going to be like founded in some like deep archeological, linguistic, um, historical things. And so you've got these Gilgamesh references, these like Babylonian time references that are tied to like this teenage protagonist. Um, also hate that the character is named hero protagonist. <laughs> I, that is a thing that I should like, um, but I don't know. For some reason in this book, it just like annoyed me. Maybe it's maybe it's because it seemed so in my face with it, which is what a lot of like the tongue in cheek tone of this book. It seemed like somebody writing tongue in cheek who doesn't actually like tongue in cheek and was actually making <laughs> fun of it. Um, as opposed to Douglas Adams, who is like a master of the tongue in cheek style of writing. 
this seemed a little bit more like again like if you're trying to be meta but you actually don't like meta stuff it kind of seemed like that situation with the tongue-in-cheek tone but the uh overall it was just like an overly convoluted example of why the cyberpunk genre doesn't really work for me um i find the it's not my preferred setting in general and then stevenson is kind of a granddaddy of this genre because of this book and i feel like in this book he actually establishes a lot of the things that i don't really like about it which is that disconnect from real humanity um and that way like the way that leads to like these weird like I don't want to say horror, but like body sci-fi things too. Like uh, Colin, he's a character that uh, he's basically like, uh, he's in Mr. Lee's Hong Kong and he's like, uh, he's got like all these different parts attached to him. He's doing all these yeah. things. Yeah. I, I the NG? Yes, NG. And yeah. I, I can't even honestly like, I had a really hard time actually wrapping my mind around what that character looked like. I think I would have to yeah. read the book another three or four times and i'm just not gonna do that <laughs> um because like i said the main problem i had with it was the pacing um when i started this book uh i loved like the pizza delivery at the beginning and i thought i was getting that for like the whole book but he crashes his pizza delivery vehicle and then he's just like not doing pizza anymore and i was like ah oh. i kind of thought that was like going to be hero protecting his whole view <laughs> and then like delivering pizza was life and i thought that was kind of a cool angle but he just abandons it and i feel like he not that he abandons uncle enzo or the pizza conglomerate but he does abandon that like almost immediately and i feel like he does that with a lot of things throughout the book like he'll introduce you to a cool funny thing or a unique niche kind of thing and then just sort of drop it and because he's trying to tie it all into this like philosophical bullshit, honestly that it's it's all together right i mean the the only problem with this book is it's too much but that's better than too little so just everything is in there and it all gets mixed up and plowed through to the very end and somehow it all works together. But uh, I mean, it's it's hard to remove any of those elements and still have it, you know, be streamlined. Like I, I wouldn't want to be the editor for this book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it ties together. I mean, you know, like the everything has a couple things that hinge on it. So like the pizza delivery is the way that like data transfers work in a time when the whole United States is fractured. So the you know, you think it's going to be a pizza story and then it turns out that that guy is actually a katana wielding hacker. And then that evolves into him having a girlfriend that knows a bunch about archaeology and proto linguistics. And it just it's hard to pick <laughs> pick anything. You know, you pull start pulling on one and it messes with the others. Mm hmm. I, I do think that too much is just as bad as too little, actually. I actually would almost have too little in a lot of situations because when you have- Objection, hearsay. What's your objection? <laughs> what, what? No, not hearsay. What hearsay? <laughs> no, 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 I, I do think that. I think that I would rather at least like have a coherent thread to follow, but I felt like I got definitely, I got very lost in Snow Crash um, and then he fixed that by like the librarian character which i thought was like honestly pretty lame like he just like 
he spends well he's an ai so i mean <laughs> so long he has one job he spends so long sitting there talking to the librarian for page after page after page after page because steven does stevenson doesn't lace that exposition through his narrative he just dumps it on us because he wants to have fun in his narrative and i understand that like that impulse but like come on man like <laughs> lace lace your exposition through your narrative i, I was not impressed None yeah, that. that that's one part of the book. And then another part of the book, you know, is this uh, Inuit dude with uh, that uses obsidian knives and has a nuke that he carries around with him that's connected to neural implants in his brain. So your argument is that's just neato <laughs> or what? <laughs> I'm saying that you can't you can't cherry pick this one scene that you hated and say that the whole book sucks because that one scene sucked. It's like a tiny portion of the entire book, which has so much more going on. I don't think uh, it is one scene in the book. I think that scene is common throughout the book. And it's like name one more scene where the jury librarian. He talks to the librarian throughout the book. But there's one scene that's obviously goes on quite a long yes, time. Yeah, the one I'm referring to in particular is the, the longest talk, yes. of them. <laughs> the TED Talk, yes. Uh, but there are librarian scenes throughout, and they come whenever he just needs to explain things to people because he like doesn't do it in the narrative through just the characters like a lot of other authors do. And I just wasn't impressed by that style. I don't like that style. Um, it's, you know, it's the thing I don't like about Tolkien is like, I don't need to hear this much exposition. I really don't. I want to get back to the story. Yeah. And every time I I mean, you can just skip a few pages, you know, it's I a did. long book. I did. <laughs> um, every time I saw the librarian, I was like, cool, I'll just like skim this like it's cliff notes and then I'll get back to the actual story. But I don't know. I just don't. I'm not impressed by that method of expedition, exposition dumping. I don't like it. Um, so that's my personal opinion. Also, what the hell? Like, when did Raven and uh, YT become that they were on a date? <laughs> Fear, of the week. Fear of the week! Fear of the week! Fear of the week! Fear of the week, baby! All right! Let's get to our beer of the week. Yeah, we'll talk oh about boy. how the book got... The really question is, what are, what's Clay going to drink? Well, I will We're all going to drink this one? We're all going to drink... What, what is a beer that encapsulates... Snow Crash. This beer, I think, is the beer that encapsulates Snow Crash well. It even encapsulates. Encapsulates and encapsulates. <laughs> Boy, that encapsulates. Being a word. Bong igloo. Bong igloo. Yeah, okay. Because when I was reading Snow Crash, uh, I felt like I was inside a bong igloo. Hot box in an igloo? Absolutely. <laughs> um, that book is an absolute mind. <laughs> and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, well, we will get to revealing our real thoughts in just a moment after we drink this delicious, delicious. Beer. First, Clay is going to pour over all the electronics like he always does. Please do. Just <laughs> no. <laughs> what a man. Look at these guys trusting me. The Trust fool. is a strong word. All oh, look at frothy that. head. Colin loves frothy head. <laughs> I poured this one for him. I'm going to finish it, too. Here you go, Colin. Oh, <laughs> that's ah. Jeremy, I mean, it is the truth. Just right. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so. What? Sure. So what does it say? It's a white. This uh, 
Bong Igloo is from Via Brewing. It's a collaboration between Via and Fracture. Oh. I love collaboration beers. Oh, yeah. Um, it is a Belgian winter warmer. Ooh. Wow, wow. Yes. I'll just drink from the can. Spicy. Um, I'm also, in honor of Travis, uh, going to sip some shitty beers um, later <laughs> today. He's already drank a PBR, but uh, I started this one, started this puppy before the show. Um, what just get tuned up a little bit. <laughs> tuned gonna, gonna, gonna have us a show while we review. Cheers, cheers, Tom. cheers, cheers. Thanks for being here. Hell yeah! Well, Love the team. Love the fermented fiction team. Mm. This is a lot of fun. FF. Thanks for tuning in, you twelve to fifteen people. Love you too. Love you guys too. Bring your friends. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, please. Smash that like button. Bring them all. <laughs> uh, that is something we need to do better at, is like telling people to do stuff. Yeah, do you think there should be more than 12 <laughs> people watching this? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. yeah. If you even know where those are, because, you know. I don't know. Are there comments on Spotify? My wife has Spotify. I don't think, I think so. so. Okay. But well, there's uh, definitely a like on button. YouTube. Yeah. You could comment on those. <clears> do the thing. Right. You can even clip on, on YouTube. You could. These we're, are things I've just learned. Head over to YouTube. That's, yeah. you know, we're going to be doing a lot more YouTube stuff. Check it out. There's like three whole episodes on there. Absolutely. It's, we got to get them all. Which, I mean, if you're watching this, then you know that there's more. <laughs> now. Absolutely. You're like, there's 27 of these. Watch out. Or... Oh, wait, no, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the time this... Oh boy, you're oh, in for a treat. Don't continuity. Don't break the continuity. Continuity's for nerds. <laughs> what do you, what are you tasting? This this it's kind of like hefeweizen-y, citrusy. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Almost getting like an apricot flavor or something. Yeah. Yeah, there is something different in that. Actually, taste. it's tasting a lot like those dried apricots. Mm, I wonder if apricot is in there. I don't know, man. This doesn't the warmer. Sound. Is the warmer part? Does it have like wintertime spices? So this isn't. Yeah, how, how much nutmeg did they grind in here? Color. I want to know. I know it's, it's nice orangey. Nice color. It's got that cloudy, cloudy yeah. half. I'm going. a big fan of Belgian beers. I love the combination of wheat and citrus. Oh yeah. Ten, tends to be in there. Um, these this does have something unique in it, like apricot. That's an interesting thing to bring up. I wonder if it's in here. Because it does, it's not just orange and like lemon, like mm -hmm. the usual half. There's yeah. something else in here. It's it's very good. Yeah, it, it is something. Because I know it's not just citrus, because it has a certain like tartness. Yeah, almost like nutty. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <clears throat> so if you uh, happen to be somewhere that uh, you can find Via or Fracture or both, here it is. Bong Igloo. Bong Igloo, baby. It's a delicious beer. Thank you, Via. Thank you, Fracture, for bringing great beer into the world. Yeah. Also, thanks to Special Brews. Special Brews. Special Brews. <laughs> Our sponsor for the Fermented Fiction Podcast. Special Brews is generous enough to give us our beers each month for free because they are awesome. So you should go check them out. Uh, talk to Dan. Talk to Jamie. They'll help you find whatever sort of beer you're looking for. They can also pour super fancy pours for you they have a couple different machines in there to do some cool yeah. stuff that you can't just do anywhere whoa i don't remember what it's called but they pour this uh beer shot basically that's like 90 percent foam 
but it's the way the the nozzle works it pours the foam the way you described to me was like it pours it in an extremely tight fashion <laughs> so it, it almost tastes like you're drinking like uh like cream like beer cream. it's like a like a nitro style yeah. well no like yeah kind of yeah kind of kind of yeah um it's hard to explain but i highly recommend that you do it with any Whoa. beer you get really oh yeah. damn so yeah. if you go in there like get your Whoa. favorite beer and ask for that pour whatever it's called this is what people tune in Oh, to yeah. fermented fiction for is Absolutely. to learn this yeah. cutting edge technology. It's hey. really cool, yeah. Yeah, uh, if you want to learn more about beer, hit the like button so that we know that you want to learn more about beer. <laughs> for real though, we will drink beers that are recommended uh, yeah. to us. Also really do nice. that. So it yeah. doesn't even matter if it's bad, then we just have Travis drink it. Yeah, no, it's almost like we anything. enjoy genre fiction and brews yeah. in our spare time. I wouldn't say eat Perish the thought. All right. Um, let's move on to our next segment. So our next segment is where we reveal what we actually thought of Snow Crash. Well, I mean, sometimes I, yeah, there's yeah. a segment between those. Oh, you're right, Jeremy. You're sorry. Whoa, okay. party yeah, foul. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Come Jeremy on. Jeremy first has a segment. So does Colin. Colin, his segment is fun facts about whatever work we're doing. And Jeremy's segment is... I have notes. Boy, do I. Well, so first, let's do the fun facts. Yeah, yeah fun facts. Because we want to... What you got? Let's uh, learn a little bit more about this crazy psychedelic journey that is Snow Crash. Um, so... Uh, Neil Stevenson wrote, has written a lot of books, and they're all, they get gianter as you go along. And he's so he's, just an absolute G. <laughs> I do want to say that. Absolute he's just been plugging G. away Neil Stevenson. for the last 40 years, uh, doing anything he wants. And, like, inevitably you will learn, cr like, stuff you had never heard of, even though you got a college degree in something related. You still will not heard of the stuff that he brings up in his books. Extremely uh, so uh, this book, he wanted it to be a um, like uh, computer graphic novel, you know, so think in the 90s, <laughs> right? <laughs> With I mean, he literally got the idea because his Mac, his Macintosh at that time would do a snow crash. Like that was a problem with his computer. Real thing. Real thing. And, and he was like, whoa, it looks like a, it was like the snow crash bug. And that gave him the idea for the whole book. But he wanted to do it as this uh, a collaboration with another guy and program it and be like really interesting. And of course, it, it makes perfect sense when you're reading the book. It's like, oh, yeah, that, that would be, be perfect. But then he, he said like that would take way too much time. <laughs> well, yeah, he said he spent like way more time coding than he was doing writing. And he was finally like, maybe I should just write this thing yeah and yeah. and for a neuromancer shout out like i was told by another uh writer that um uh neuromancer was all done on a typewriter <laughs> wow so this yes. snow crash is bit neil stevenson's clearly was into it you know the labor of love um and so he also has been i've already brought up referenced by a bunch of people in uh, silicon valley uh the metaverse is now a term and it's, his work actually influenced uh those programmers for building vr um it's been part and parcel of the whole uh, development you know people programmers have told him personally that they you know got this idea from him from his book from his works uh you know programmed this certain thing to match what was you know make real what they had read you know when they were kids um 
and uh, a lot of it is, you know, taken just a lot of the uh, stuff about viruses and brain stems and archaeolinguistics, you know, is real stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I thought the uh, I was reading a little bit um, about the relation of Snow Crash to the bicameral mind, which I've not read, but I, I've heard of a lot. It's like a history and English major. There's a lot of crossover with that book. Has been mentioned like throughout my education, but I've still never read it. I should. Yep. How dare you? Um, but yeah, I found the like crossover between tech in this novel and like like you said, archaeolinguistics and history to be very fascinating. Um, I love that idea that uh, religion is a virus. That's always been a very con uh, a very controversial but interesting uh, topic to me. Because um, mm -hmm. when you do think, as a big Douglas Adams fan, I have long thought of humans as the virus on the Earth computer. And <laughs> we, uh, Neil Stevenson obviously has a very similar idea about that, that these ideas of, that humanity carries, uh, including the idea of its own relevance and importance to the universe, and, like its manifest destiny, um, do spread like a virus, you know? It's also really trippy, the stuff that you read in Snow Crash, and then you're like, whoa, yeah, that mm -hmm. actually happened. For instance, there was... Um, Hyperinflation. Yeah, yeah. Hyperinflation, like, uh, but I was thinking in terms of um, gargoyles, which are characters in the story that, like, oh, yeah. always are broadcasting. You <laughs> yeah. know, they're essentially uh, they're Twitch streamers. Wearing all their tech. <laughs> Twitch streamers, absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, it's 100%. And like that's and they're different. I mean, they're ninety style Google Glass. If I could, yeah, if it yeah. didn't implode and shit itself into oblivion, absolutely. So it's like Snow Crash was is like, you know, too ahead of itself. Like you know, at, at that time you would need like processors that were literal computer parts on your body, and now it's like now you just need a little phone, but. Definitely yeah. same same thing going no on. No one could have predicted that as evidenced by any movie made from the 70s <laughs> to the early 2000s. Like, I still laugh whenever I watch an old sci-fi movie and I see buttons. I'm like, you fools. <laughs> you had no idea. The Demolition Man got weirdly close, though. Actually, yeah. It, it's so that. many Did things. Know. It's a banana-ass movie, but it got a lot sure. of future talent, right? Banana-ass indeed. And speaking of bananas. Jeremy, what kind of thoughts you got over there? Oh boy, do I have some thoughts. I bet you do. You have some You're thoughts about this? You're weirdly horny thing, aren't you? It's gonna come up, but I mean, come on. <laughs> it has to. <laughs> okay, first of all, his notebook is in code. Yeah, I... Like, these this. are alien symbols that are in his this, These are my notes. <laughs> I've been learning to write in, in a language that he made. Yeah, I'm rewarding repeat viewers because they get to see the entire progression from when Colin asked if like oh do you write in a code to now where I am oh my god yeah. okay there's yeah we have entire story arts what is that wingdings no nah, bro it's like it's like it's all it's a, it's a it's cool code variations on triangles and squares and the vowels like they connect things you so, know yeah so it's like the old uh like the the scribes of old yeah. They had, like, basically a shorthand code so they could keep up with people talking. Yeah, kind of. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he, he also calls Bond the devil, but... Yeah, no, that but helps. it's... That's a side gig. That's a different... Yeah, yeah a it, gig, side hustle. Yeah, it increases my speed by, like, 15%. <laughs> if so. you want to know about going the devil, follow Jeremy's uh, Twitch stream. 
I gotta get a Twitch stream. <laughs> That's another story arc. Yeah. You just called it. Yeah, just just look me up. I'm at a harmless weirdo on yeah, Twitter. Is. Isn't that great? Also, that took me a while to find. I was like, where is Jeremy? I want to tag him in this thing. I know. It took forever. I, I kept saying harmless weirdo or another harmless weirdo. And I was like, it's just, yeah, it's just I'm a just, harmless weirdo. I'm the just a harmless weirdo. Yeah. There are... That's yeah. Well, Just I, one of many harmless weirdos. Anyway, what do you got? Notes. So. I like to uh, point out that uh, this is the only book I've read aside from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for this show where I actually remember the protagonist's name. It was very <laughs> thoughtful to name him Hero Protagonist. Actually, love that. Yeah, that's gonna. It's oh, incredible. It's, it's Hyro protagonist. Excuse you. It has H the I. Audiobook I is begs to sure. differ. <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's Hero. I've also watched multiple animes where it's spelled that way, and it is pronounced Hero. Yeah, and Hero from Heroes, who is a hero? He is a hero, isn't he? Is spelt H I R O. Hero from Gundam Wing. Yeah. Spelled H-I-R-O. He didn't write. Came after. Doesn't count. Maybe they all count. Maybe they're all based on this hero protagonist. Yeah, because hero from heroes, he wields a sword sometimes. Only Neil Stevenson can tell us. That's true. Which I Neil think Stevenson, that leads me come on the show. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Tune on in. Come on over and answer. Call in. We'll get you on the... But yeah, no, that leads me somewhat nicely into one of my other points, which <laughs> is about Hero's business card. Uh -huh. It is incredible, and I want to have the kind of confidence that he has to just write world's greatest sword fighter <laughs> on his business card that he just gives to people. Mm -hmm. That's... That's amazing. That's it incredible. Is. And I love that. You have to respect it. It's very anime. It's so anime. Which, hey, that's a great way to bring me to one of my other notes, is that this book wants so hard to be literally any other medium. <laughs> specifically. I was going to say at some point that they cannot make a film version of this. It will not work. And they could make an anime. They could make oh, yeah, out of that anime. Absolutely. Yeah. They need to go the arcane route. They need to go yes. like anime series yeah. on yeah. Netflix. Right. It would crush. Yeah, it would crush. Even, well, they might skip the bit that gets weirdly horny. But other than that. I think people like weirdly horny things. Keep it. No, they absolutely Look, love it. But please. I was just watching, my <laughs> wife was watching this mermaid show. It's all it is. Weirdly all it horny. is is weirdly horny? Yeah, Tidelands. <laughs> all it is is weirdly horny. Mm. Mm. No one has a monogamous relationship. Fair. Well, sure. I mean, they're mermaids. <laughs> they, they reproduce by... And sirens and pirates. Like clouds of water. Just <laughs> weird cloudy water. In there. That, yeah, there's no place for monogamy. <laughs> you just blast your sperm into the ether. Yeah, they're not, they're not mammals. They don't have that. Okay. <laughs> They do the in this show. Lay they got... Wait, are they mammals? Are they mammals? Why would they? Do they give birth from their bellies or do they lay eggs? I mean, they got to be like platypi, right? 
No, I don't know, Colin. We're asking. We don't <laughs> yeah. Have tied lands. We don't know about the weird. They are they semi-aquatic or are they? They have legs. They look like normal. Oh, the characters are actually half mermaids, as far as what? I know. Yeah. How do you? Are they doing the supernatural thing? How is the half? Lazy to do CGI, so they're like, we're just gonna say half dragons snap a human form. You can't just do a medium shot. Can't just do a medium shot for no. a lot of it. Okay. That's no fine. They want they want the sex position in yeah. the show. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. You can't do boning if you're just medium shots. Well, I think they don't want to get in the weeds of what does it look like when the mermaid. Then they shouldn't have brought it up. The guy done mermaids. Come on. If you don't want to explain how mermaids are doing it, <laughs> then don't do mermaids. That's right. That's right. You know, cloacas. Ew. Is that just birds? This guy. I don't know. What is it when it's a fish? Jeremy, what's next? I don't even know where I was going next with that, because we got on a mermaid. Why don't you just get into weirdly horny? We okay. don't want to get there. So, like, yeah. YT's 15. Yeah. Gross. Oh, my God. And they make a point earlier in the book, before her and Raven do their thing, um, where she's like, oh, I might be uh, kind of attracted to this if he wasn't so old hopefully he doesn't get that same idea too because he's old and that's gross indeed and then raven who is also old and that's gross but only to me i guess because it's not gross to yt didn't seem gross to yt no was that seem as weird to anyone else as it was to me i felt like i didn't know they were like they had not really interacted before in the book right Raven and YT. They kind of just like... No, not Raven. I don't think so. They're just kind of suddenly on a date. Like, it started off... Because doesn't she, like, literally ask who he is? Yeah. Early like in their she... date? And then it's like... Now you guys are just... Well, she knew. I mean, earlier in the book, like, she's with Hero when they see Raven. She knows, like, she knows Raven. about she knows Raven. Raven. But, like... Yeah, I don't know if they meet in person. But when they start dating, they just start... They go on this date basically because he's the only not brainwashed person on the on boat. The sure. <laughs> and it's like, also, worst date of all time, right? Yeah, that's not... I mean, he leaves her there for like two days. Yeah, it's that's not... It's not two days, but it's a no, long time. It's not good, <laughs> but like... I don't, I don't know, how long was she on the route? Because she'd be pretty thirsty at that point. Mm. You know? Mm. I don't know. Oh, I assume she was getting some <clears throat> manner of service at her table. I don't remember if it specifies. Been a couple weeks. I don't remember. Was she drinking and eating the whole time? Was she... She was at the table just waiting while he, like, went to rich people and he comes back, right? And then he's like, let's go bang. Basically. Like, was anybody else on the raft trying to bang her? That's the question I was asking. I don't think so, because... They there knew you go. she was with Raven. I mean, no, he, like has, he has a Raven Soviet nuclear up. warhead, so I mean, that's just before the biggest Raven turn. Showed up, was he just t- just spreading the rumors like, hey, that that uh, that skater girl, that's... And everyone was like, oh, shit. Was that going on in the background? I just didn't... There are a lot of references to how hot she is. There's a lot I mean, of I that. guess. Sure. And that's... Which, again... It's weird. Could we not? <laughs> She's fifteen. Yeah, uh, it makes a go point. Ahead and make your character. Huh? The, I know go these ahead. these things. Well, why does she have to be fifteen? Like in my head, I forget that she's fifteen. Yeah, it's very you easy know. to do that. 
she's because in my head she's she's casted she's like a 20 year old actress yeah, casted as that younger part mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. which, which they did that in game of thrones they increased the was, ages of all the I characters just gonna say that because <laughs> yeah, i remember in game when i would talk to people at game of thrones about how gross little figure was as a character because uh, oh, stuff. yeah and people would be like i don't know it doesn't seem that weird it kind of makes sense here's all these reasons why a woman would be attracted to a guy like little finger like bruh bruh <laughs> in the book sansa is like 13 years old yeah <laughs> little finger is like 40. <laughs> not good not, not good. good nothing good about it super gross love knows no bounds that's i colin. think that's something else colin <laughs> But there's I, some things to not say on the show. I mean, in Game of Thrones, <laughs> there are dragons, all right? There's it's dragon. medieval Europe. It's true. With dragons. I know. <laughs> so, like, yeah, marriage was different back then and all those things. I know. What age can you get married in Montana? 18. Yeah, that's... It, it's not... That can't be. It's not it another be. state. I'm not going to point at a state that I know for a fact... <laughs> But I'm pretty sure it's 18. It, it could be 16. I, I don't know. I think it depends on, like, if you have parents' permission. The earliest you can get married just on your own is 18. Is 18, I believe, yeah. I think age of consent is possibly 16. Yeah, I think I think age of consent is 16 and then... But that's pretty common, I think. Yeah, that's not... I'm not condoning it. I'm not either. Clarification. I'm condoning it. It sounds like you were. You said love knows no bounds. <laughs> love knows no bounds. Love. Like, marriage is different. How is marriage different from love? <laughs> it just is. But, well, how? Well, you can be in love with someone and not want to marry them. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. So, like, speaking of absolutely nothing related. That is your two. I have one final note. Three married men just, need to get off this track as soon I'm just, as <laughs> I'm just cutting this right off. Doing my damnedest, anyway. Jeremy. Thank you. But, uh, Do you so, have some more notes? I have one final note. The one final note I is... weirdly horny. No, we already covered weirdly horny. No, oh, no. God, that's it. Yeah, I'm we out. already did the weirdly horny. I'm out. Let's go watch Tideless. <laughs> That's... Mm. L- listen, you say that. We're, the flood is going to come in of requests. Yeah. Bring it. Our inbox leave will be full. Lands, like and subscribe. Yeah, leave a like we'll if you want it. us oh, to no. watch Tidelands. I will Tidelands. myself for the Tidelands. Yeah, leave a like if you want us to watch Tidelands. Or leave a like if you don't want us to watch Tidelands. <laughs> and we will we'll know the difference. We'll count them up. We'll pull an Elon Musk. We'll put a poll up. Absolutely. And, and we have to abide by the poll. Silence you. Yeah. Jeremy, what is your so, note? So my last note is... <laughs> we'll do this. So Raven Get has... <laughs> so Raven has a nuke. Indeed. And they go to great lengths to establish the like, oh, this guy has a nuclear warhead. Mm-hmm. They really like you. And then it just... That's that's it. That's okay. Everything's fine, I guess. Forgotten. He, doesn't he nuke America at the very end? Doesn't he fulfill his purpose? I didn't... Like, I don't know. I thought he nuked I America. feel like I, I should like know. But With I... Raven. He dies and he nukes America. Did he, he die? kills Uncle Enzo. They fight each other. They do the whole thing. I know they fought each other. Yeah. They both... I think die. I don't remember yeah, I'm, for sure. If yeah, I think dies, so. I know for sure Raven dies. I figured they both died. I yeah. think they both died. They both get severely. Yeah, up. they definitely do. I don't know. The book just didn't. 
at least at my reading, was weird. pay attention to the fact that like, oh yeah, he had a he had a nuke though. Hmm. It just kind of <laughs> left that there, scooted past it. Yeah, Chekhov's nuke. Chekhov's nuke <laughs> may or may not have gone off. Yeah, something nuke. like. <laughs> Cause I don't know, did he carry it with him, or is it like... Well, yeah, I think it's a little feller. Oh, is it a little feller? So he just had it on, mm -hmm. on the boat? He had it all the time. Yeah. Okay. It It is weird when people talk about Snow Crash as, like, one of the greatest cyberpunks ever written. But, like, it has so much about how there's no United States. There's just franchises that run various sectors where they are like mcdonald's <laughs> like you go to mcdonald's land and there's one in several in la basin alone <laughs> and so it's like that doesn't really fit with cyberpunk stuff necessarily so it's like hard to be like oh he nuked america but it's like well it's not america it's like the I mean, cia is like some organization that is shadowy that doesn't have a country to run yeah you know I mean, like, it's so it's so weird. I mean, it's as anime as it is like super nineties. So you have oh, yeah. that like so corporate weird. cynicism and and everything, and and it's like oh, everything's gonna be super expensive, and everything's gonna be like pollution and gross, and there's gonna be racist dudes just in bars that you can cut up with a sword. Nobody's gonna care <laughs> because you know that's the boss's problem, the boss of that franchise area. So everything's franchised now. Mm -hmm. You know, the 90s. Right. Although, I don't know. Well, we'll get into the next segment, which is telling what we actually feel and just yes. open discussion about Snow Crash. But so as the attacker, I'll go first. I, I lied a little bit. I I do like Snow Crash as well. So <gasps> I did have to lie about that bit. I was telling the truth about being confused for a good portion of the novel and not particularly caring for the exposition dump uh, strategy of making all the history stuff make sense. Um, I think that was somewhat necessitated by, like, again, that tongue-in-cheek style that he did employ. Um, he, like, sort of wasn't taking himself seriously, but definitely was. <laughs> and I think there was some conflict there in the narrative um, that that didn't quite match up. But other than that, I thought Snow Crash was extremely well done. I did really like the uh, historical and archaeologist uh, linguistic uh, religion is a virus, humanity is a virus themes that ran throughout the book. And I think it helped that I've, uh, I've read a few other stories like that, so I could kind of see that this was where that was going. And I kind of knew that Snow Crash was sort of a granddaddy for a lot of those things. So I was like, oh, this is that thing. So that kind of helped out uh, with my understanding of it. But otherwise, I think I would have been even more confused. So that's kind of where I am with Snow Crash. Um, but overall, super fun, super goofy. Like you said, I felt like I was reading an anime. And like, uh, I, I love the like skater theme. I mean, one of my favorite parts of the book, and this is stupid, but uh, one of my favorite parts of the book was like that uh, Poon commercial <laughs> that, that Y2 is uh, remembering when she's like talking about her like self-recovering skateboard wheels or whatever yeah. that they have. And it's like a, a commercial all done in surfer lingo. And that was awesome. I was like, yes, this is so true. Like from a guy who's obviously spent some time on the beaches around yeah. this like LA surf dude. 
it's like yeah. you totally I know you just want what, what did she call it her plank yep. yeah you just plank. want a plank yeah. so bad i have a plank i got a longboard yeah <laughs> yeah does he look like he doesn't have But do the wheels expand and contract and they mold to the surface I, that they're on? See, there's so your problem. So that's where, like, so that's where, like, you read that and you're like, oh my god, there are those mono wheel things that people are riding around in Soto for Amazon and stuff, you know, just to get to work, and they plug them into their work computer to charge. It's like, <laughs> basically the same thing. But this one's way cooler. Yeah, I mean, I we just, would all want to would, ride YT's plank, and that's yeah. not a euphemism. <laughs> I, I don't think YT not. has. I don't a, think that one. She um, doesn't have a. Okay, never mind. Not to get any gender. <laughs> we're gonna move on. The uh, book makes it pretty clear that that's not how her system works. No, okay. it does. It does. It's very. Expensive. It makes it clearer than I wanted expensive. to know. Yeah, yeah. But she rides. She rides a mean plank. YT does. Uh, doesn't she ever? For that book, and it's it's pretty awesome. And uh, sometimes it is a euphemism. Sometimes it is. So props to YT. Way to ride the plank. Good job. You're inspiring. Just planking. Uh, inspiring plank riders all over the place. And that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Godspeed. So overall, yeah, I like Snow Crash. Um, there were some things I didn't like, but I already talked about those. What do you guys? What did you guys uh, really think about Snow Crash? Uh, I'm. I agree. I think uh, by and large, it has. It's really good. Uh, it is like total ADHD everything that was in Neil Stevenson's head at the time that he researched the hell out of. So, um, yeah, I think it, it <laughs> you know, does it work? Sure. Uh, but there are definitely like long diatribes in there. Uh, and, um, it's a lot of fun. It's like a crazy anime that's gone wild. There's definitely some parts where I was like, well, that's just bad writing. <laughs> I mean, there's like one line that was like, uh, it, you know, the paragraph ended and then it was like, they got out of the car, period. Next paragraph. <laughs> and going on, it's like, okay, that was useless. <laughs> it's almost like that was a note for him to come back and put something in there, you know? So I think portions of this book are very well written and uh, other portions are not <laughs> they're like the first draft not the third draft mm. so it, it definitely in there's a lot of stuff that you almost I think the beginning is pretty uh, topsy-turvy because it's about hero doing a pizza delivery and then that's not what he is and that's not what it's about and then like YT picks that up and it's very odd and it like I would want, yeah. if I was the editor, I would probably redo the beginning because it didn't quite fit what's going on for the rest of it. Yeah, if um, it didn't pay off at the end, I would have just been like, what the hell? Yeah, but, but I also think that, I mean, Neil Stevenson write these, <laughs> writes these huge books, so it's I don't think it's really fair to judge, you know, his books by the first 20 pages because you got to read 100 pages to, like, get some of the characters in there that the whole, all of his books are about, so... Yeah, well, in that chapter, it definitely served to hook me. I mean, I, I thought it was awesome and hilarious. I was mm. like, like I remember, he's like, and worse, oh, God, worse, the pizza's late. And I, I, mean, <laughs> I, was... I love this establishment of steaks that delivering a pizza is like the end of the world for this guy. Yeah. See, and like, I... that really puts things in perspective. I thought, the, see, yeah, I, I thought that too, but also that, I mean, he's called the Deliverator. I know. And I don't know why. That is so good. It was a, <laughs> that was a cool choice to like call the hero protagonist 
the deliberator for the first 20, well, like, 10 pages. It was, you know, I don't know why. I would still read an entire book that's just a deliberator Absolutely. just deliberating the yes. out of pizzas. That is the saving grace of this book is like, there's a bunch of memorable scenes and you're like, I would read a whole book about that. Well, just delivering pizzas in LA in this world, like that that's cool as shit. Yeah, and that was kind of my problem <laughs> with the book was like, there seemed to be like five or six points in the book where he had a thing like that and then he just yeah. dropped it. Yeah. Like, and it's yeah, like, it's well, moving on, we're still doing a Gilgamesh thing. Let's keep going. <laughs> we're, we're way deeper than just delivering pizzas here. I'm like, I don't think you should be. I think yeah. you should be delivering pizzas. <laughs> Yeah, you hooked me on, that in everything else. on this combination Judge Dread, but with pizzas Ooh. thing. Yeah. I think that's a good... Like, that is... That's a good one-liner mm. for Snow Crash. That is just straight up what the how it starts off. And then it goes off on this sort of pseudo-archaeological historical adventure, which I'm down for, but mm. I still wonder, like, pizzas? Pizzas, maybe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is an interesting choice to establish your character in a certain way and then to just basically completely drop that. Because never again does Hero deliver a single pizza. Yeah. He, like, at the end of the story, apologizes for wrecking the car and all that to Uncle Enzo. But it's like, I don't know. I, th I thought that was an interesting choice. They always tell you when, they're t when you're learning to write, like, be very cognizant of who you start with and where you start them and why. You know, and I'm, I've only read Snow Crash the one time, so I'm sure if I read it again, there'd be some stuff in there. So I, I, I would like to put this disclaimer out there. Neil Stevenson, 10 times the writer that I am, 100 <laughs> times the writer I am, Whoa. or oh, anybody snap. else in this room put together with me. Neil Stevenson okay. is an absolute oh. master. No, that's fine. He is. Uh, that is just... I, that is objective. I sort of... Rereading it, I, I did get the sense that, like, hero is like an unnamed character and then he becomes a named character and then it's like the delivery is passed off to the actual person who's good at that mm -hmm. and that's sort of the transition Whitey. that happens yeah yeah and then there's so it's, it's almost like and and i get that sense from neil stevenson where like you know he's very ideas driven so well, sometimes the idea of passing a thing to another thing. That's yeah, I mean, he. Th there's one chapter that starts out with like the dude who had was a high school kid and had dreams of doing one thing, and then got into the mafia and met Uncle Enzo and opened his own franchise and wore the blazer. The rest of them where and it's like this ridiculous mm -hmm. page after page after page about this guy who does not matter at all for the story. Mm -hmm. It's just all an excuse to like. You know, introduce you to the world that yeah. would be your life if you were a young mafia, a yoma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which I think, when you read the whole book, it's like, you know, that's great. It establishes the setting and kind of pulls pulls me into the understanding of how it works, the world works. But um, yeah, yeah so so there's a lot of ideas. It's very ideas driven, and there are characters who are brought up or just dropped. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that stuff's intentional, and all that stuff does go with the idea of like people and societies develop as they spread ideas you know mm -hmm. whether that be through language or whether that be through culture or ideas but like these things spread out and expand and like grow like a virus in a software oh, so yeah 
I, that was definitely a key point in the novel throughout, I think. And frankly, I just, I think I would need to read it once or two, one or two more times to, to <laughs> even get close to like grasping everything that Stevenson was talking about. Right. Yeah. Because um, I mean, obviously he's massively intelligent. Mm. Uh, writer with a background in science and like coding and all these things I have no idea what's going on oh, so yeah. I I'm looking at it at like the narrative level which I feel like in this book is the surface level you know like the ideas in there are very 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 dense mm-hmm. yeah there's oh. <laughs> we're not alone there is another it's in the room but no there, I mean yeah there's a whole there's just that ton going on at any given moment in the book and it and most of it really works for me until you get to the end where everything just sort of mm-hmm. and like here it all is like oh that's oh okay yeah the ending did feel a bit rushed and a bit flat for me yeah like there's this moment where uh whatever her name is it's like i am a neurolinguistic hacker now i'm not giving that up like what did juanita yeah juanita like how you're not gonna explain that anymore, or show us any of like what you're gonna do with that. You just can't do that. That's cool. I can't. So that's all right. Yeah, well, she had the antenna on mm-hmm. that. So that Deus S Deus X antenna <laughs> yeah. situation going on there. And that's that's pretty good. There was a lot of Deus X at the ending. Um, yeah in my opinion. Wasn't the biggest, the biggest fan of the ending. Um, yeah. It's yeah. it's the thing that make, gives me the real sense that the book wanted to be so much longer. Seriously. But then Seriously. they're like, no, you have to wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. So it was I got that vibe. It's yeah. been 500 pages. Just finish now. Like <laughs> time, Neil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I have, I have 10 more chapters, like, cut them. This isn't gonna make sense. Like, that's fine. Doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all true. That's fun. I'll watch the, watch the Amazon series, the or the well Netflix series. And I'll even watch the Hulu series, but that's only because I don't pay for it. <laughs> is that is there a series coming? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's. I, think I assume there's talk. Of it, there's been a lot of talk of it for a long time. Like they even made Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency a series on Hulu. So, like, yeah, Snow Crash is gonna happen. You sure? You sure think so? Yeah, especially in this world of like VR coming in and mm-hmm. all that. Like, oh, yeah. it seems rife to make a Snow Crash. There, right yeah, there's a long history. Uh, Amazon Studios in 2017 said they were going to do an hour-long science fiction drama television show based on Snow Crash. One hour? Yeah. I'm so That's... glad they failed. I don't think that, that happened. Off. I'm glad. And then HBO didn't... was going to acquire it from Paramount, but then after uh, two years, they didn't go forward, and it reverted back to Paramount. Interesting. All right, Paramount, get on it. I want to see the Paramount. Sounds very much like that Hollywood hell where something is just continually, it's like someone has the rights to it because they don't want anyone else (laughs) to use it. I mean, that's what it is. They warn every young creative to never sell your rights uh, because of that exact thing. It's like selling your rights doesn't mean your book gets made into a movie. It means it never gets made into a movie. (laughs) Um, Which is really 
crappy but interesting interesting like sharecropping people like refuse to give up the rights to a thing just because they know someone else will want it right i think it it <laughs> waiting for a big it offer. makes a lot more sense for uh a book like um what was that one living bodies warm bodies warm bodies and uh the martian and stuff like that are pretty self-contained yeah obvious linear storylines compared to like snow crash it's just like how would you film that <laughs> snow crash has to let's be keep it in development crash. hell snow crash needs to be an anime straight up for sure and, if and they make something... snow crash as an animation i will totally watch it yeah if they do it any other way i probably won't frankly yeah it, it needs to be anime otherwise it's not going to be as good no it'll be like trying to make dragon ball z live action it's just like has that ever worked no will it ever work no will we keep trying probably god yes can we not we obviously will <laughs> and you're just gonna have to be but what if henry cavill that? was like i really want to make snow crash live action i mean maybe I don't... Would he, be? <laughs> would he be? It wouldn't make any sense. No. Well, He'd be Raven. He can't be Raven. He's white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what role is there for just a jacked white dude? Snow, in Crash? Snow Crash. Uncle Enzo. Is relatively devoid of jacked white dudes, actually. I mean, they didn't say that Uncle Enzo wasn't jacked. <laughs> they did. They basically said he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but is that what you picture when he. I, I picture, like, the Sopranos or The Godfather. Yeah, I so, picture like an old Italian dude with a haircut like mine, like, <laughs> and a blazer and a baseball bat. Yeah, I picture and, like uh, that. Uh, Supreme, but then he like rips his pants and takes off his shoes and silently. See, I picture that sort of nineteen forties idea of like a big burly tough guy where you can't tell if he's like in good shape or if he just hasn't exhaled yet. <laughs> <It's> like. <"Ugh." laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I, I picture same, that. I think I see the same you know? Dad bod. Yeah, dad bod. Uncle Angelo's got a dad bod for sure. Like, sturdy. Sure. For sure. Yeah. He's but, not like fat. No. But he's not. He's ripped. He's not not. He's he not is. jacked. He is dad jacked. Dad jacked. <laughs> I think we can reach a general consensus. All in favor of Uncle Enzo being dad jacked. Uh, <laughs> dad jacked, yeah. Dad jacked. Dad jacked. <laughs> Love that. Oh my god. Good. Alright, well, we're down to our final segment, which is where we say, how many beers do you need to enjoy Snow Crash? <laughs> the most chaotic. Oh, I forgot about this. Of all time. How many? We don't rank by stars. We don't rank on any sort of scale. It is just, how many do you need? And the items in question are beers. So, Jeremy. How many beers would you need, or would you recommend mm. someone drink before and during reading Snow Crash to enjoy it to the Okay. Fullest? Before, you probably don't need one. During, you'll want one, you know, sipping. Sipping. You know, if you run out, you can sip another one. When you get to the end, you'll want six Start right chugging. away. Start chugging. Six right away and be like, oh, that's sick. And then you'll be sick. And it'll be great. Yeah. Alright. So, in total, you're going to need, like... I guess seven or eight. Alright. Seven or <laughs> it's eight. not a one-day affair. Seven yeah. or eight out of infinity. Colin, <laughs> how many beers? Okay, this no book is a journey. 
So you're going to need to start off right with, you know, a beer. And then you're going to get to the archaeo linguistic portions and you'll need a cappuccino for sure agree uh, right and then players. and then you're gonna hit some metaverse stuff and you're gonna be you know just crossfading for a bit <laughs> and then yeah 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 because <laughs> it, it just depends where you are in the book man mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna need a little bit of everything Okay. How do I put that into a number? I don't know. Seven. There we go. That's yeah. a number. All right. You're gonna need seven. They're not all beers. They're not. But all you're gonna beers. need seven. Need seven of. <laughs> Some of them are just straight up shots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you would definitely need a whiskey at one point, in particular. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. I think. Uh, I think this whole it's a pretty wild ride. I think I think it could be pretty slosh for for the majority of you who really <laughs> wanted to. So. I said, just grab yourself a nice, uh, ice cold thirty pack and get get going. Spend that right in. five dollars and fifty cents. Just strap for a six pack of cold forty five. <laughs> and just get right. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Well, I think that's about a that's about a discussion on Snow Crash. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Fermented Fiction. Fermented Please fiction. like and subscribe and share and, and do all that cool stuff share stuff like stuff subscribe to stuff what are we doing uh, next us tell Twitter. us you can find all the links and if you want us to cover a particular thing if you want us to drink a particular beer put it down in the comments thank you goodbye Bye. stop this <laughs>